Hey everybody, it is Mark Lane Holbert with the Running Anthropologist podcast. So grateful for you to be here and so grateful to be able to share with you a little bit about Achilles International. Um, this is an organization which is near and dear to my heart. And um, today we're going to be telling you about the way they transform lives of athletes with disabilities through athletic programs and social connection, as well as the people who guide them and run with them the athletes and the volunteers. A little bit about both of those perspectives are given to us by the wonderful, the one and only Ellie Cox-Nihel, who has been with Achilles, gosh, over a decade and has done wonderful work. Um, We learned through the course of the interview that she and uh, another important person in the organization are retiring, but they have given so much to Achilles that I just want to start off the episode by thanking Ellie, uh, thanking her for her work, for um, getting me involved and getting many others involved through um, uh, in chapters across the U.S. where um, there is no Achilles or where perhaps people struggle to connect um, with others that need assistance running. And she has been training and supporting and encouraging those of us who would like to do so. Um, Achilles started in New York City and has been spreading over 20 years of hope and possibility, um, working with New York Roadrunners, working with um, Disney and races all across the U.S. to get people out there and running together. They have a lot of fun, and it's a wonderful organization to contribute to, to be involved with. If you have a chapter in your area, um, I invite you to check it out. It's going to be on. Um, it's going to be on AchillesInternational.org, and you can also check them out on our blog site. You can see where chapters are located uh, in the U.S. and internationally, and you can also, um, you know, you can find out if you want to join maybe online and just um, experience a little bit of that environment if um, if you're not in one of those places. So, without further ado, let's get started. And very fortunate, very grateful to have with us tonight, Ellie Cox-Nihel, who is the director of U.S. Chapters for Achilles International, whom I've had the pleasure of getting to know and volunteering with and just getting the tip of the iceberg, but she's going to tell us all about it. So thank you so much for being here, Ellie. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, Well, let's start off the way I start off all the Running Anthropologist episodes, since it's um, about culture. Uh, yeah. I like I'd like to ask how you got started. Was was it part of your kind of community or family culture where you were from to uh, to do distance running? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, absolutely not. My family, like women, were not encouraged to do any kind of sports. We were supposed to do, you know, we were supposed to, you know, learn how to cook and clean and maybe be a secretary for a while and then. <laughs> you know, nab a husband and raise children. So um, it was very unusual, but I'm happy to say that as a result of my picking it up and going with it for a while, my nieces have 
pretty, you know, most of them, not all, but many of them have, you know, taken on triathlons, marathons, you know, all kinds of sports. And um, I like to think it's because in, in a weird way, I paved the way. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can totally see that. Like looking up to other people who you know, your aunt, your, you know. Yeah, it's like if she can do it, I can do it, right? For sure. <laughs> and there's a lot of that. There's there's a bit of that with Achilles as well. Um, but we'll talk about Achilles in a bit. So I got into running as a result of being married to a man who was a marathoner. Okay. And um, our, our marriage wasn't going well, but I wanted to have something to share. You know, I wanted to be, try to try to make things work. So this was a big part of his life. So I thought maybe, you know, running would be good. It was really hard for me to do. Um, but, you know, I was trying. Didn't work. <laughs> um, I think in a weird way, he kind of resented it, but... Mm. Um, because other people would tell him, like, hey, I saw your wife, you know, she's developing a gait, and he'd be all bent out of shape. Like, what about me? Um, so anyway, um, I found Achilles through that failed relationship. Okay, okay. Uh, and and I, I really feel as though Achilles kind of saved my life at that time. Well. Wow. And I, I'm sure there's a story behind that, but I, I was okay. going to ask you, you know, how did um, how did you find Achilles uh, that you sort of touched on that? Um, and why why were you attracted to it at that time? Well, to tell you the truth, I wasn't particularly attracted to it other than, other than I was completely numb and depressed. Hmm. Uh, but I had the outfit, right, because I bought all the gear <laughs> In the shoes so that I could run and um, so on Saturday mornings I would go to, up to Central Park and at 90th and 5th that's where the Achilles group meets and one day when I was feeling particularly um, depressed and numb I was standing there and I didn't, I, you know, I knew about Achilles, but I didn't, you know, I, I was introduced to it for, by some friends and I had a vague idea of what they did. But honestly, at that point in my life, I didn't know, I didn't know which one, which end was up. Hmm. So, um, I just stood there. The crowd kind of came together, they dispersed, and then there was no one, but a, maybe like two or three people standing there. And a blind gentleman showed up on the other side of Park Drive. And the fellow who was running the workout pointed at me and he said, do you run? And I said, yes. And he said, take him for four. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> take him for four. You know, he's you know, obviously blind. He's got a cane. And he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep his backpack here. And his cane. This is a tether. You're going to hold it. You're going to run. You know the four-mile loop? Yeah, it's a loop. You're going to come back here, and then you'll be done. And I said, okay. Well, you know, I, know, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I'd like to say that it's not like that anymore. Okay, that's a lot of pressure. I'm sure you made some mistakes, or you had to figure it out, uh, fly by I the seat of your pants. Yeah. I did. I did. Yeah. Because what happens in Central Park is that, as you're running, they see an Ach they see Achilles people together, and everybody says, "Go to Achilles," 
And I thought you had to like wave or gesture or acknowledge the fact that they said, go Achilles. And so I was doing a lot of that at, at a point where this guy, I kind of ran him into a curb <laughs> and he stumbled. And I thought, oh my God, now I'm in trouble. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I probably apologized to him for an entire mile. And then he got really sick of me and he turned to me, toward me, stopped running, turned toward me and said to me, did you see my move? And like, he was kind of, you know, just being very adamant. Did you see my move? And I was like, huh? And he was like, did you see my move? I stumbled, but I did not fall. I learned that move in jujitsu and you gave me the opportunity to use it. Oh, that's great. And I was like, wow, wow. That was a lot of information. And so I said, okay. And he said, now let's run. <laughs> <laughs> and so we ran the, the last two miles in silence. And we, you know, I gave him back to the fellow who was running the workouts. But I had learned a lot <laughs> about how you how you couch things, right? The hmm. way that you that you perceive reality, the way that you talk about it is the reality, you know? So then all of a sudden I could kind of conceive of my divorce being a good thing. You know? Hmm. It's like, oh my God. Oh my God, I could eat garlic and onions again. Yes. That, that's really um, interesting. So that <laughs> must have taken some real reflection before you got to that point. I mean that's a huge jump, but it's a it's a beautiful one. It is. It was great. And um, yes, for sure. It took reflection. But immediately, I felt my depression lift. Hmm. You know, it was like, oh, my God. I don't know. I mean, my family, there is a culture of depression in my family. So it's usually caused by something. And then um, if you're not lucky enough to be able to get out of it, you know, depression's a terrible thing where it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And you think, okay, tomorrow can't be like this. And then it sure is. It's worse than this. <laughs> so to have it lift like immediately and be able to see something new, to have a story to tell when I went to the office on Monday and say, Hey, you know what I did? Yeah. I did. I, I ran with a blind guy. It was amazing. Um, it was something else. Yeah. It, it, it brought me back. Sort of unexpectedly, like a paradigm shift, um, aha moment. Um, do you think part of that was, I don't know, maybe just being of service, uh, being, getting outside of yourself in a way? For sure. I mean, think about the enormous trust that someone else put in me. Hmm. <laughs> um, that's kind of crazy. I always think that people who are blind and running are crazy anyway, right? So now I'm running with one of you people. And um, it's it's amazing to have someone just put all that trust in you. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that is really beautiful. And I, I guess I've, I've digressed a little bit. I should take a step back and just for everyone who's uh, new to this, ask you, you know, what is the big picture? What is Achilles? And um, we know that they're in Central Park now and that they guide blind runners, <laughs> but they do a lot of other things too. What, how would you kind of, in yeah. a nutshell, tell about Achilles, how it got started and what they do now? Uh, 
And Ellie, would you mind telling me just a little bit about, take us back, the history of Achilles and what it's all about? Sure thing. Um, Achilles was the brainchild of Dick Trom, who did the New York City Marathon in 1976. Oh, wow. Okay. On his prosthetic leg. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had one good leg and the other one uh, he lost in a, in a car accident. Um, at the award ceremony, the crowd gave him a standing ovation and the sense of accomplishment he felt was very powerful. And to hear him tell it, he, he thought, well, if I could offer that kind of feeling to other disabled people, I'm going to change the world. Hmm. You know, it was a big deal. It was, it was one of those, as you say, an aha moment. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, in, eight, in 1983, Achilles was established as a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And um, that means we'll be celebrating our 40th anniversary um, in, next year, in oh. 2023. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we like to say that Achilles transforms the lives of people with disabilities through athletic programs and social connection. More specifically, Achilles breaks down the barriers to the start lines for athletes with disabilities and empowers them to cross the finish line. Hmm. But what's important is to understand that the way we do this is by pairing people with disabilities with people without disabilities to walk, run, or roll together. That's that's really amazing. And the learning process goes both ways, right? I mean, I'm sure... It's a tremendous learning experience for those those who you you would term as able runners or every yes because yeah. because it is it you we're not used to coming well, I don't know if we're not used to but most of us are not used and and oftentimes we're uncomfortable with people with disabilities because it feels awkward hmm. but in this situation. You need to understand them, so you want the information, and then it, it's it's very very. Um, it just changes your head. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Transformative for uh, yeah for that for person both. who's. Uh, wow, that that's really neat. Um, and over the course of that time, um, do you have any idea how many athletes or how many athletes a year, um, you know, get paired up, for example? Um, over time, I'm sure that we have, good God, 150,000. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, the numbers are big. Over time, it's it's humongous. Oftentimes, people join us, and they, they take advantage of the programs that we offer, and then they might move on to, a, to another um, adaptive sport. Hmm. You know, so it's all there. And there are many other um, organizations out there that do what we do. And we try to partner with all, with all of them. Interesting. So this is kind of like maybe their first exposure to that racing, that competition. And then they get their foot in the door and then maybe they move on to a club or something else. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are other people who just simply enjoy coming out once a week for the workouts. Hmm. You know, and we'll, you know, in New York City, perhaps walk around the reservoir, 
which is 1.8 miles. And it's a, it's a social event, you know, it's where you see your friends. What, what um, Dick Trom used to say was people come out to thinking to, they come out to exercise. Wait, they come out for the first time to exercise. He says, and they come back to see their friends. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. Uh, so it started in New York, which is, you know, our biggest flagship chapter. But we have another 26 chapters throughout the U.S. Um, many of them are in the Northeast. Some are in Colorado. We have Chicago. We have um, the uh, West Coast, San Francisco, and L.A. Um, we have a really, like, growing chapter in Las Vegas. Um, Tucson, Arizona, Phoenix. And what we do is we bring people with disabilities and all types. It's not just blind um, or visually impaired or low vision. It is any kind of a disability. You bring them together with people who enjoy running and walking and being outdoors and um, usually <laughs> being gregarious. Um, bring them together. And um, it's, it's a combination that works. It's very compelling. Um, cities like New York, Chicago, like when people come there and, you know, they're new to a city, Achilles is just a wonderful, supportive environment. If you're a runner or a walker or just somebody who likes to get out and, um, even like mind guide dogs, Hmm. um, it's a great community of support feels that's, really good that's beautiful <laughs> and it sounds like all the major cities you know they, they've established chapters and I, I know from my own experience mm. that some people obviously not everyone lives in one of those big cities but you all have are trying to make that work for for people online now um, how, how's that going I, I, I mean just from my own experience it seems similar atmosphere it seems to be going really well and people are connecting signing up for races together um, that sort Isn't of thing. That interesting. Yeah. I found it fascinating. Um, at the beginning, what we used to do was everything was very um, like a person who didn't have a chapter anywhere near them would send us an application. It, it was paper driven. Mm-hmm. We were still on paper right before the pandemic. And we would um, send them a welcome letter, but just saying, like, get out there, you go, and send them a t shirt. And then Maybe we'd hear from them. Maybe we wouldn't. And then when the pandemic happened, I was able to visit with all my with all of my chapters um, virtually, and it was awesome. It's amazing. And I thought, wow, we could do this for the folks who don't have chapters anywhere near them. And like you know, you've come to those. I call them. It's Team Achilles USA. But it's people who don't have a, a, an actual physical uh, presence of Achilles in their area. And um, when we just get together on Zoom or Google Meets and talk about running, talk about races. Next thing you know, like, I, I feel like so many friendships have formed as a result of this core group. Um yeah, definitely. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, just in the short, you know, six months that I've been attending, I've met people that are coming to Disney, people that will meet me in New York, you know, just a nice, uh, 
nice community feel and people of all different abilities um, and and disabilities uh, coming together to talk about those those uh, really not talk about challenges but really more about uh, positives and triumphs that they've had and laugh right yeah. I, I love yeah. our last our last um, our last um, what do you call it our last virtual meeting I was like when I got off, I was like, my face is hurting a little bit because I haven't <laughs> smiled that much in a while. Uh, <laughs> I have to get my smile muscles back in shape. Um, yeah, it was a really great group. Um, and I appreciate you being there. I appreciate, like, Annie Hall being there. It's interesting to me. I invite all the, the volunteers that, who do not have a, um, a chapter near them. And some of them... You know, like you, Annie Hall. Um, there was someone else on the last one. She also contributed. But I think a lot of times volunteers are rather stunned or something, um, and they don't come back. So hmm. Maybe a bit out of their comfort have, zone. I don't know how to make that better. <laughs> well, a bit out of the comfort zone. But if they stick with it, they'll they'll glide right in. They'll say, oh, this, right. this is a good fit. I, I just have to wait it out. You know, I just have yeah. to, like yeah. anything, you know, give it time, build relationships and that kind of thing. Exactly. Let us know who you are. You know, sometimes there's so many people on the call, I don't get to everyone. Mm. So, um, you know, it's not my bad, but it's just that, you know, that's the way people are. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and it could be, as, as you said, maybe they just say, oh, this isn't this isn't really what I was looking for. Or I, you know, I need something to do right now. You know, I want to go running right now right. with someone. And um, there's some... Uh, it, it, virtual is different. Like you said, you can't just show up at Central Park and, you know, get thrown into the mix. Uh, you have to be willing to communicate and just kind of learn about what people are doing and where what races they're going to um, and how you can how you can contribute. Um, yeah. Can, so, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I'm super excited. And I know that there'll be other uh, chapters that uh, people will develop and things will come together through that virtual platform as well. But I, I wanted to ask you about some of your own experiences. Um, you know, um, what is the experience like for um, for volunteers who actually run with one of the participants, one of the Achilles participants um, in an actual event? You know, what is that process like and what is it like for you? <laughs> well, <laughs> for me, you know, let me talk. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's start with that. <laughs> um, I, I, I imagine what we try to do at Achilles is um, if we need to match a, a volunteer with a, a runner, we try to get an idea of their of the, the runner's pace, the um, the athlete's pace. In, in Achilles jargon, the athlete is the person with the disability and the volunteer is the guide or the support runner. So, um, the athlete is the person we focus on. So if you're running a 10 minute mile, we want to pair you with somebody who can do a 10 minute mile or maybe better than that. Cause if you're having a good day, we want them to be able to keep up with you. That's, um, that's our goal. And, you know, and hopefully, you know, friendships form. It, I think there's like a lot of wisdom in the crowd you know, with Achilles, you can you can switch with other guides and find somebody who's you know you might like better, who's like slower than you. And oftentimes, the able-bodied person benefits from the athlete with the disability because mm. a lot of athletes with disabilities are pretty fast. 
I myself have not been a particularly fantastic guide. I will say that. Um, you know, I'm not a saint. You know, um, no, I'm not. And that's why you want to send people out with two guides. Okay, okay, that's a good good point. Yeah. <laughs> if one of the guides is not a saint, like me, <laughs> and they just can't do it anymore, they've got somebody else to be with them. <laughs> That, that's a good point. Yeah, and, and I think going in pairs is always good, right? You never know. Someone's got to use the bathroom. The other person's like, no, no, I got to make my PR. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's only five minutes left in our scheduled meeting time. That? <laughs> that's okay. We can talk as long as we would like. Um, so by speaking from that, have, I know that you, uh, behind the scenes, you set up a lot of the races, including the New York City Marathon, the Boston Marathon, um, where our athletes are running. Um, yeah. What is that process like uh, for you and what kind of services, you know, why is that experience so nice for the Achilles runners? I've heard from all of them how great it is to be part of Achilles. What is that experience like for them? It's a special group, you know, it's not to be taken for granted. Um, you know, New York, we have a great relationship with the New York um, Roadrunners. And um, they give us, I think that New York has like the biggest field of athletes with disabilities throughout the world. Hmm. That's, that's what I, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, the Guinness World Book of Records will have to check me out, but um <laughs> I really do feel that that's the case. Um, they have hand cycles. They have push rim wheelchair athletes. They have what they call ambulatory athletes, which is everybody else, those people who are on their legs. Okay. And um, we usually have somewhere between 250 and 300 athletes with disabilities in the New York City Marathon. Okay. Um, and so there's... You know, if you're visually impaired, you can have up to two guides. If, you know, other other folks really need two guides, they can, you know, we advocate for them. We can basically break down the barriers to getting to the start line. <laughs> Once you're at the start line, you know, the athlete has to get themselves to the finish line. And Got the it. people who are with them are supporting them, encouraging them, but they're not pushing them. They're not, you know propelling them they might be steering you know it, it you know sure. it's all about safe it's a lot about safety you know for instance backward bill riley he he pushes himself backwards he does have a mirror but you know 26.2 miles we have usually have three people with him just to put him back on course every now and then sure yeah the but true sure he doesn't clock anyone sure the true guides they're really just there to protect him and then protect the people around him Exactly. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Some things I, I hadn't considered. But so you, you have 350 uh, runners that need some guiding, some assistance in a crowd of tens of thousands of, um, I think you said, ambulatory runners. So it's good for mm -hmm. them to have that extra buffer, that extra uh, support around them. Um, yeah. And for you personally, what is one of those race weekends like? Because you're, you're supporting at the start and the finish. You're gathering all the supplies, driving the van. Um, what, yeah, what is, what is running an event like that like for you? At times, it has been exhausting. Mm -hmm. But recently, like the last New York City Marathon for me was exhilarating. 
um, because I had never been, I, I have, I've done the New York City Marathon on my own, um, but I had never uh, gone to the start f- uh, where the Achilles athletes are. Okay. And I had that opportunity uh, this last year. And um, that tent, they they have a special tent, and everybody, you know, it's before the race. Everybody's like on, you know. <laughs> there's like a lot of excitement. Um, it just feels great, and so many people that I've I've met, um, you know, I've met them in, like online, like in emails. But now I'm putting the names to the face, and it was. Um, it was it was really joyous. I had the best time the, mm. at that start, and that means like I'm, I'm I'm like getting up and walking people to the bus at like I don't even know what time it was four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, that was hard. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but once you get there, and then you're like on the you know, and and this is the case for everyone doing the New York City Marathon. Like there's all the lights at night. The city is a lot different. It's all the lights and the Arizona Mars Bridge, and then the sun. You see the sun come up, and it's it's um yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's great. Once in a lifetime for many people. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. least once in a lifetime. Right. I, I think that you know I'm I'm good. I'm one and done. <laughs> <laughs> not not I would I would love to be at the at the at, in the Achilles Star Tent again. But I don't need to run the I don't need to run the New York City Marathon again. That was that was one. You've seen all the boroughs. <laughs> I have more than once. <laughs> and well, what amazed me is that there are so many athletes who repeat, you know, who do several marathons a year, and they're not like like you said, they're not the fastest in the bunch, and they're not even people who you might say, oh, that that disability that would probably prevent them from being a runner. But um, they do more more marathons than a lot of quote unquote marathon people training for marathons. I know. We should do we should do a whole podcast based on folks who um, you wouldn't think you know, you, it, like they really. I, I guess they should be in the Guinness World Book of Records because that's one thing that's actually lacking with um, with athletes with disabilities is. Uh, like uh, a record book. Mm. That, that's you know, a really good point. Huh. They look to Achilles for this kind of information, and I try to help them figure it out. But there's no real hall, like Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. No, that would be interesting. Do, can you do any um, stories from your tenure there come to mind of where you were particularly surprised or impressed by the performance of an athlete? Well, yeah, there's lots of them, mm-hmm. lots of them. Um, there's Denise Smith from Colorado. I think she's done all the world majors. She has cerebral palsy, but she pretty much like walks, trots it. Okay. Um, years ago, and I don't think she, I think she's moved on from Achilles. We had a young woman. We used to ask them to like fill out an index card and, and say what your goal is. And I think that the also the disability there was CP, um, and she had she was in a power chair, mm-hmm. and she said, "I want to be able to walk a quarter of a mile uh, with my walker." Mm-hmm. And so by the end of that season, she had done a sprint triathlon. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. 
And it was like, wow, exactly wow. right. Um, it's amazing. You know, it like blew my mind. Because people don't realize what they can do. You know, oftentimes, people with disabilities are told that you can't. So they kind of say, okay, well, I'll just do this. And then they they get the bug, as, as runners do, like to do more. Right. If I can do that, maybe I can do a little bit more and a little bit more. That's that's yeah. that's so beautiful. Um, so obviously there are multiple, you know, countless stories like that. Um, mm -hmm. And you're just like you said, you're giving people access to see what's already inside of them, what that potential that. Exactly right. Yeah. You know, um, not in guiding, they're encouraging, being there if they need support. Um, do you, I know the pandemic has changed things um, in terms of being able to meet in person, but um, what, what is your hope for the, for the future? And what do you see coming up for, you know, Achilles, yourself, other, um, other things that come to mind? Well, um, the pandemic was difficult. It was like a difficult two years. I mean, being remote had, had a lot of positives, hmm. for instance, team, Achilles USA. That was a real, like, that was fantastic. And, but I hope for more in person. And I also, you know, the, the virtual thing is also uh, the fact that it's around and it, it's still happening. It's great. Um, <clears throat> you're able to, you know, be part of something, even though you're not there, right? You can right. do it on your own. You can send pictures. You can, you know, it's almost like being there, but it's not the same thing. It feels like um, uh, being a part of something bigger than yourself, than your little running corner. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I hope that, you know, Achilles has hope and possibility races all over the world. It's our signature race. Um, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of Hope and Possibility this year, June 26th in New York City, and um, that's a special race. Um, I think that we're going to have, hopefully, fingers crossed, we have the, you know, the, the full 5,000 people that we can, that we usually have mm -hmm. um, who can register. Um, it's also in person in Nashville, in New Jersey, in Connecticut, um, Munich, Probably Mongolia. Mongolia does everything we do. Oh wow! So they, do they do that like around the same time? Is it exactly the same time, or how do how do you all we, coordinate that? We, we try we try to stagger it so that people can can go to it. Oh okay, I, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, the pandemic made it difficult, and so there was a lot of virtual goings goings on. I think like in 2020, the, even the New York City um, Hope and Possibility was a virtual. Um, event, but it really brought everybody out. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. Now, how long, uh, or are they a series of events that people do here and, and in other countries and other cities? Um, it's a short distance race. It's like four miles in New York City, maybe four or five. I'm not quite sure. Okay. Um, and then we usually have like a one mile fun run for those who can't do that distance. You know, it's not um, it's not measured. It's not timed. It's 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 a fun run walk. Mm -hmm. You know, with a different finish line. 
Um, and I think that's the case in most of the cities. Cool. Yeah, something that kind of like a primer for people to say, okay, well, I can do a mile. Maybe I can do more um, mm -hmm. next year or whatever their goals are. Um, exactly. That's awesome. I, I look forward to hearing more about that and, and learning about the about the Hope and Possibilities race. Um, and I know you have two Bostons this year since one was postponed. I mean, not, you know, very close together, right? Uh, that um, this past fall and this spring. <laughs> Boston, that's what we're working on right now. I okay. mean, well, L.A. Um, we'll have a team in, out in L.A., okay. mostly hand cyclists, okay. mostly freedom teamers. And that's like March. I don't know when it is exactly. March next weekend, I think. And <laughs> March next we weekend. Have, <laughs> <laughs> and then we have um, the Boston Marathon, which is April, I don't know. Yeah, Day beginning of April, Easter. right, yeah. Day after Easter. But we're also doing this really cool thing with Google, Project Guideline is what it's called. Okay. And it's an on-device uh, app that uh, is is strapped around a the waist of a blind or low-vision person. Okay. And the camera points down towards this uh, a, a line. It's a tape on the ground. And it enables them to follow the line through sound. They have a headset on. Okay. And as they go away from the line, the sound will get louder on the side where they're going off and they have to just come back to the center. If they can keep the headset quiet, then they're right on the line. So it's kind of like this weird freedom. <laughs> if, if those who, who have had good experiences, they're like, this is amazing. And they can't wait for it to like continue it's 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 in trials right now and um and you know, we're just helping them to um you know gather the research to you know to make it viable oh that's awesome it's called project project guideline guideline okay so essentially they would have they would have a preset guideline around a course that the mm -hmm. runner could follow uh, that yes. would be incredible and in a place like central park or any park that would be a really amazing thing to be able to run um you know, using that on your own. Can you imagine? <laughs> no. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I have imagined because I've played with it myself uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, and put the headset on, uh, <laughs> closed my eyes and said, no, I can't do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a relative thing. I guess for a person <laughs> yeah. who is visually impaired, they're like, oh, that's enough to keep me on track. Yeah. Or hopefully will be enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, there's lots of good stuff ahead. Um, Ellie, I'm, we are so grateful for you and for all you put into Achilles. I've, I've been the direct beneficiary of your, your spirit and encouragement. And um, I would invite you, if as we finish here, to share, I don't know, uh, usually I ask for a favorite quote um, or a motto, uh, something, some parting wisdom that you might give to um, aspiring runners, aspiring guides, or runners that are starting with disability, perhaps. Okay. I have, my favorite quote is, it's, 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 it's Charles Kingsley. I think he was a pastor in like the 1800s in, in Britain. Okay. And his quote is, um, we act as though comfort and luxury were the chief requirements of life when all we really need is something to be enthusiastic about. Oh, 
what uh <laughs> what a quote <laughs> that's beautiful oh well yeah, yeah i like charles I'm gonna I'm gonna put that one on on the running anthropologist wall for the episode. That's a great one. Thank you. Uh, thank you, thank you. And the other quote I have is like, "We're gonna need a bigger boat." We're gonna need John. a bigger boat. I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> All well, right. I appreciate you, Lane. Thank and, you. Um, and I and I hope that um, we get to talk again sometime. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't we'll talk again, but I hope we get to do this again. Me, me too. I, I look forward to hearing anything you want to share, and I will share out all the information about Achilles on the blog site. And ooh, um, ooh, ooh. I have to say, dub 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 AchillesInternational dot org. Dot org. Okay, got it. <laughs> I feel like I have fulfilled my requirements. All right, you sure did. Thank, thank you, Ellie. <laughs> Thanks for your time again, and um, yeah, we'll see you out there running. Happy running. Thank you. Happy right. running to you too, Lane. Thank you. Bye bye. And thank you so much for joining the Running Anthropologist today and for sticking with us. This is a, a wonderful episode, really learned a lot, and really excited to share share out whatever we can. You can check out our blog site at runninganthropologist.com. Uh, we also have right now going on a peace pilgrimage, Runners Unite for Ukraine, where we're dedicating our miles to get out there as much as we can and give whatever we can um, to help those people of, of Ukraine who are suffering, the refugees, um, and I know that um, I know that many of us share that in our hearts. If you would like to support or pledge miles, just check out the, uh, the blog site of last episode, uh, and in between we posted a little bit about how you can do that. In the meantime, you can also, of course, hear all about today's episode and follow the links from today, as well as see some great pictures uh, that have been shared with us about what Achilles does, and um, yeah, just get a chance to share out. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might be interested in the culture of running, and please reach out to us if you would like to share uh, things that you love about running culture and a unique corner or inspiration. Until then, um, you can send us a message on our blog site or on Instagram at Running Anthropologist or on Facebook. I hope to hear from you and as promised, we'll go out with a little teaser, like the extra, <laughs> the extra fun part at the end of a movie. Um, we have uh, an outtake, uh, kind of an end, uh, saying goodbye from Ellie at the end of this interview. Thank you for being with us, and stick around. We'll talk to you soon. Happy running.
Now, I, I've heard that there's been some recent changes or some big news uh, with Achilles. Would, would you like to share? Indeed, indeed. Well, I have decided to retire. Um, I've been uh-huh. with Achilles since 2008, 2009, okay. like that. And my counterpart, Gurley Shagdar, who's in charge of national, uh, not national chapters, international chapters, so those outside the U.S., she has also decided to retire. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. And as a result, it has enabled our leadership to re-envision and uh, restructure the, you know, how we're going to do things at Achilles. And I've often wondered, like, why is it that we're not as well known as we, as, you know, as other nonprofit organizations because mm-hmm. we're so fabulous <laughs> yeah you do a lot of great work that's for sure we do do a lot of great work and it just seems that um perhaps we need to be doing it differently hmm. so we're undergoing a reorganization transition um and you know we're gonna you know they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results so true so true (laughs) but in this case we're gonna try something different let's try it and see where it takes us all right i'm sure yeah i'm sure you'll still be involved in helping that process i hope so i certainly hope so i absolutely adore my colleagues um they're really really smart devoted um and, you know, it's, well, thank it's, you. Such, it's such a compelling idea that I believe it will be successful. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your service, Ellie. I know you will be around and I'm sure I'll see you at the at the volunteer meetups um, still online. Um, for sure. For I, sure. We'll figure it out. Look forward to connecting at the next event. Okay. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks. Hey. Thank <laughs> you.